Worm. 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 Squirm. Worm. What the hell are you doing? It's just such a weird word. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Welcome, Guardians, to the Worm Gods Lorecast. I'm Anon Pig, and with us this week we have one of our fantastic hosts, Mythos Mike. How have you been, Mike? Oh, I am just absolutely fantastic. It's good to be back after a couple of weeks that I haven't been able to get on to the show. And now Purple's not here, so good job. <laughs> At least you're not alone. As well as two very special guests. Weekly highlights will vary with each episode. They include community stories, fan fiction, gear and weapon text, grimoire, general hype, etc., 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 etc. One more, etc. Uh, this week's weekly highlight is going to be all about our guests, Babetron and Petron. How are the both of you? Pretty good. Yeah, we're doing great, thanks. You two are the first streamers we've had on, and you're two very awesome ones at that. So oh, why don't you tell us... <laughs> no problem. <laughs> why don't you tell us how you've gotten started, where you're going, and just about yourselves in general. Uh, well, um... We started out playing Borderlands together because we wanted something that we could both play at the same time, obviously with each other. And then uh, I heard about Destiny from a couple of buddies, came home with two copies of Destiny, and uh, we've been playing Destiny pretty much ever since. So it quickly became a big part of our lives. Um, we started off helping people doing raid Sherpas using LFG. We would even uh, sometimes post on there that we didn't really know what we were doing. And we'll just kind of go in incognito. Um, I guess our first secret runs, quote unquote. But uh, and we were watching PV PvP streamers a lot. Um, and since we were playing a lot anyway, we decided to start streaming. And we really enjoyed the community aspect of the game. And streaming really like built on that. Um, so... Um where we are right now and and where we're kind of headed we've we've really focused our stream on on building a community i think that's very important um we also try to give people a very positive environment where they can hang out um ask questions and and work on improving in destiny pvp uh, we've spent the greater portion of last year helping people in trials of osiris and we still do that uh, but our passages are always focused on having fun improving and maybe getting to the lighthouse um it's not like we don't we don't do carries we sherpa people so it's all about the experience of playing the card versus like just getting the loot um and it's i think the most rewarding thing is that it's been really awesome watching the people in our community improve like alongside us and we really look forward to seeing more of that uh looking forward as to what we're we're wanting to progress to i mean obviously we want to grow our stream and grow our community but uh, we're also looking to start up something that we call Squad School, which is our idea of kind of pulling in a viewer and practice the Crucible skills with them 
and give them live guidance as we play with them. We've just started focusing on skirmish and elimination for now, but uh, trying to build on that in the future. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, then uh, let's go to our main topic, the Worm Gods. To really understand the Worm Gods, we look an unimaginable amount of time back into the Books of Sorrow. These hold entries written by all three of the highest hive gods, Oryx, Zebuarath, and Sabathun, as well as their previous ones. By all means, they were doomed, except Sithona had met a new friend. And that brings us to our first card, verse 1-5, Needle and Worm. This is uh, just a bit of the card, it's not the full card, because it's long. <clears throat> the Needle Ship, carved in my code by Sithona, a liar. We salvaged the needle from the Shavubi Maelstrom. I knew it would be there. The needle is a gray ship as long and slender as hope, as unbreakable as time and old, older than death. It tumbled through the maelstrom before our ancestors crashed into the fundament. This is not a sea ship, like all rashes. This is an artifact of high technology. I know its purpose. I know what happened to the crew. Cyril wants to sell the ship at Karang Atoll, where a species gather, gathered. At auction, it would earn us enough wealth to hire mercenaries. We could retake our osmium court and send back, send the baby-eating helium drinkers screaming into the ocean. But I told Zyro the ship was worthless. Allrash wants to open the ship and see if we can take command of it. I know this is the right thing to do. I know because I asked the worm. The worm, carved in my code by Sithona, who should be afraid. It was my father's familiar. I ripped it from him as we fled. It is a dead white thing, segmented, washed up from the Dead Sea. It's dead, but it still speaks to me. It says, listen closely, O Vengeance Mine. And so they dove deep into the ways of the Fundament. They encountered a Leviathan, a being of the sky, who tried to stop them. Each sister offered a protest against the being, but it was Sathona and their father's familiar who convinced them all. This is verse 1-8, Leviathan. Sathona's protest. Sisters, I have gathered my father's familiar. Look, it answers me in plain words. It helped me find the ship. It gives me strength when hope is lost. Who will you trust? The voice that wants us to live and suffer as we have lived and suffered? The Leviathan that offers no hope against Taux or the World Wave? Or the plain, honest worm? Let us see where its whisper leads us, Urash. Let us go deeper, Zyro. Let us dive, O oh sisters mine. And um, would uh, one of our two guests like to take this next one? <laughs> sure, I'll do it. Awesome. The three sisters had made it to the ones that called them. The four other worm gods. Ear, Zol, Ur, and Akka. You are a rash. Air oh, crap. Not to read the verse. <laughs> All good. No worries, no worries. Should I just start at verse 1 9? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing these names right. Probably not. Yeah. All right. Even if not. <laughs> verse 1 9 The bargain. You are a rash, heir to the Osmium throne. You stand on the naked hull of an ancient ship. 
you stand exposed to the crushing pressure and ferocious heat of the deeper fundament. It should annihilate you. It is by my will alone that you survive. I am Yule, the honest worm. Behold my passage. Behold my vast displacement, my ponderous strength, my great and coiling length, my folded jaws and curled, curled wings. Behold the hiving cities symbiotic with my flesh. I am fecund, a rosh. I am at the beginning and end of lives. Behold Ir and Zol and Ur and Akka, the virtuous worms. Look upon us and know that we are God. For millions of years, we have been trapped, growing in the deep. From across the stars, we, ha we, call we have called life to fundament so that it might contend against extinction. For millennia, we have waited you, our beloved hosts. Against you stand the cruel Leviathan and all the forces of the sky. They would crush you down into the dark. They have arranged their moons to drown you in fear of your potential. We want to help you, princes. We offer each of you a bar bargain, a symbiosis. Take into your bodies our children, our newborn larvae. From then you shall obtain eternal life. From them you shall gain power over your own fragile flesh, the power to make of it as you will. And you should find an imperfection in the world, an injustice or an inconvenience, and you will have the power to repair it. Let no mere law bind you. We ask one thin thing in exchange, O princes. You must obey our nature forever. In your immortality, Arash, you may never cease to explore and inquire for the sake of your children. In your immortality, Zero, you may never cease to test your strength. In your immortality, Sathona, you may never abandon cunning. If you do, your worm will consume you. As your power grows, O princes, so will your worm's appetite. But we offer eternity, Arash. We offer you a chance at the universe. Would you deny your people infinity? Reach up to me. Let my flesh be your sacrament. Now, uh, this really quick in this card, I just want to point something out about uh, the hive. I know it's I know it's a worm god, Lorcas, but the hive in general in this. Uh, card we see at this point Alrash, uh, Zyro, and Sathona are the sisters. Alrash hasn't taken the king morph yet and is still being called sister, still being called uh, a girl but mm. they're being called princes by the the um, worm gods here and that's not to say like the princes didn't understand. It's that we can't apply uh, human genders associations mm. to aliens. Aliens yeah. have their own rules, they have their own, you know, biological assignments and the hive are a perfect example of that where it doesn't seem to have much uh weight although uh, later on we see like king morph is a male uh mother morph is always a female and knight seems to be neutral but i, I guess it can go either way really makes me think of uh to bring on another medium here uh, it makes me think of the Daedric princes from the Elder Scrolls series. Some have more feminine personalities, but they're all referred to as princes. But so they're, I, it's I think it's fair to say that they're almost a gender or genderless in this mm -hmm. case. Yeah, you could almost think of it as 
genders not so much being polar opposites, but being characteristics. Yeah, that's where you could, where you could be both, where you could be um, maybe anatomically a female, but in purpose a male. Like that's, they could view it completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That's actually uh, that would make sense. They're 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 called princes because they have the potential to be the king, which is a male yeah. role. There would not be a queen. There would only be a king. So yeah. there's no princesses. It's it's definitely um, kind of a struggle to apply human words, yeah. which have been created like with human anatomy and biology yeah. in mind, with the roles, i.e., like a, or i.e., a, a king and a queen. Obviously, with humans, it makes makes perfect sense because you have male and female, but if you have a different language, it's like lost in translation. It could mean something completely different. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, then, uh, babe, I guess that's, that sounds weird to call you. <laughs> it's so okay. BT. Uh, would you like to take the next one? Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> my name, my name is Jess. You can call me that instead if you'd like. Okay. They accepted this pact, pledged themselves to the worms, and took on their new morphs and new names. Verse 2.0. Immortals. We are the worm, your god, the flesh of hope. Our compact is done. You are Arash, eternal. And we are bound to you as close as your appetites, as your loves or needs, as the weapon in your fists and the word in your throat. We've had enough of this dismal place, haven't you? Oh gosh, what is that word? We are intagliating your ship with larvae. (laughs) Go back to your species. Spread the good news in the uh, osmium court and the hydrogen fountain, in the bone plaza and the star surgery. You will rise up into the world. If anyone rejects uh, symbiosis with our children, make an example of them. A mighty wave is coming for them all. They die anyway. Save only what can be saved. The worm grants you power over your own flesh, Arash. When you've taken the king morph, what will your adult name be? Oryx. It means long thought. We approve. And uh, just another thing uh, really quick. We see uh, Oryx, it means long thought. And then in later cards, he's actually called long thought before he becomes O-R-Y-X, Oryx. Like this is like mm-hmm. usually pronounced like Aurix, uh, A-U-R-R-Y-X, just to, so there is a difference. Uh Dragon Yor, Yor means eternal abyss, and when he tells the ghost that, uh, or when he tells the ghost his name, the ghost says eternal abyss, uh, they make reference to the, this like old language, so this might actually be the old language where a word had a separate meaning uh, like that, Oryx meaning long thought, and Yor meaning eternal abyss, I just think that's a, an interesting take on it as well, where there's like People are named for what they are, not just because it's a pretty name. I, I've, I've always liked that. Yeah, where your name means more than just a symbol that represents you. It's actually yeah, almost like your meaning. Yeah, it's, it's who you are, not what you're called. And yeah. There's not enough of that. <laughs> it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 2-1, Conquerors. Savathun. 
Mother Morph of Sedona, we delight in your sharp mind. For millions of years, the Leviathan caged us here. It is a pawn of the sky, a philosophy of cosmic slavery. The, su- the sky seeds civilizations predicated on the terrible lie. The right actions can prevent suffering. That pockets of artificial rules can defy the final beautiful logic. This is like turning, trying to burn water, antithetical to the nature of reality, where deprivation and competition excuse me, are universal. In the deep, we enslave nothing. Liberation is our passion. We exist to help the universe achieve its terminal, self-forging glory. The war rages on. Soon it will consume fundament. We are pleased with your use of our larvae to create mighty knights and plentiful warriors. Teox's retreat to the hydrogen fountain proves your superior strength, but you must know that reclaiming your home is not enough. There are 511 species living on the fundament. One of them must have the technology you need to leave this world. Verse 2.2, Out of the Deep Zivuorath, Night Morph of Zyro. You love to conquer, don't you? We'd love to, we'd love to see you work. Nearly 2% of Fundament's surface is now our dominion. Your species embraces the worm. I always forget how to pronounce this. The Zyski... Sorry, go ahead. Zizigi. Zizigi, thank you. The Zizigi has passed. The God Wave will reach you in less than two years. Our organs informs us that Teox and her surviving refusalists flee towards the uh, flee towards Kaharn Atoll. She hopes to rally the species of Fundament against you. The Leviathan's agents work tirelessly to destroy ships and engines, trapping us on Fundament. If we cannot make ships, ships, we will become them. Overwhelm the Kaharn Bastion. Slaughter everyone there. From your axe we shall obtain the logic we require to cut space open and migrate to orbit. Reality is a fine flesh, O general ours. Let us feast of it. So we're just explaining the morse that were given to each of the hive gods, Sabathun, Zivorath, and Urux. And showing... Uh, the worm gods uh, agenda they need to they're not strong they've been they've been imprisoned in the depths of the fundament for so long now mm-hmm. that they need they need to reclaim strength by Killing spreading things. essentially their pyramid scheme of getting everybody to tithe up to them yeah uh, and yeah that's that's what they're doing they're regaining their strength uh, they are it actually says it uh from your axe, we shall obtain the logic we require to cut space open and migrate to orbit. So it's... So. That it almost sounds like they didn't have the technology to get into orbit out of fundament. No. They had to steal it. Yeah, that's 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 what their whole philosophy is uh, built around. It's you just take what you need. You don't you don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You don't work on it, you just take it. Someone else already has it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pete, would you like to read this next one? Sure. The hive have won and freed the worms from the Leviathan's trap. Verse 2 3 into the sky. You've done well, Aurix. Can you feel the growth of your worm? Can you feel your will beginning to warp mere law? At times we detect sadness in you. Understand, long thinker, 
that you enact a sacred and majestic task. Existence is the struggle to exist. Only by playing that game to its final, unconditional victory can we complete the universe. Your war, war is divine work. We are free from the fundament's core, and Savathun's cutters are ready to fly. With Zivu Arath victorious, we have opened a wound at Kaharn, a wound leading to geostationary orbit. Behold, we are faithful to our covenant. We have no future on fundament, but her moons will make fine habitats. Let us rise. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jess, do you want to take the next? Yeah. Uh, can I ask a quick question before we start? Oh, what does syzygy mean? Uh, I better question. practice that. Syzygy. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the 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 answer is in the next card. So. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> the worm scared the hive about this syzygy. Hey, got it. By proxy through their father. This knowledge was used in their favor again to persuade the hive to show no mercy in converting uh, civilizations on the fundament. Now they use their lies to set them against the sky directly, as well as a traveler. Oh, a traveler. <laughs> Verse 2 4, 52 and 1. Good news. The 52 moons of fundament host a, star a star faring civilization far more sophisticated than anything you've encountered so far. Uh, Taux's ship fled toward the, the large ice moon where a species of bony six-armed cephalopods, cephalopods, cephalopods keeps their icy capital. Savathuns named them the Ammonite. They seem eager to grant Taox's asylum. Idiots. We tried appealing to their hopes and dreams. This was largely un unsuccessful, basically because they're already happy and indoctrined. This angered us, so we devised a plan. Our organs detect a 53rd moon in orbit of Fundament, a traveler, divine presence of the sky. Now we know what arranged the syzygy. You have to kill them all and take their stuff. Once the Ammonite are out of the way, we can deal with the traveler. Do not hesitate. You're fighting the hypocritical puppets of a cosmic paradise, a parasite. Avenge your ancestors. I'm sorry, actually, I, I, I saw it ahead. I thought it explained it. Uh, the syzygy was the 52 moons of fundament aligning cool. their joint gravitational pull, uh, pulling the the uh, atmosphere, the water, the waves of the fundament up. And then when they stopped aligning, it would drop, causing a tidal wave that would oh, destroy wow. the planet. Uh, and actually, it didn't even need to be all 52. It just needed to be a number of the largest moons to be enough to pull the wave. But... In an earlier card, it said how uh, the syzygy happened and it would come to you in like two years' time. So that's 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 like how either how large is this planet or did that actually even happen? Huh. Like they don't they don't stay around to witness it. They don't go back to see it. So it could have just been a lie by the worm gods saying like, oh yeah, this is happening. And then look, that's the one who did it. That's the one that's going to kill us all. Go kill him. You know, like they could have just completely directed yeah. the uh, anger at him like that, and yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. Also, uh, I was just about to say um, Something about the Traveler. Oh no, 52 moons. 
Uh, there are 52 moons. The 52 moons of Fundament hosting, host a starfaring uh, civilization. There's 52 moons on uh, on the Fundament. Uh, the Fundament is a gas giant uh, planet with layers of uh, floating rocks, essentially, inside of it and, and around it. And something interesting, and I'm not saying to look too deep into it, is just that it's something I always like to point out whenever we're talking about this. Saturn has 52 named moons. It has more than that, but it only has 52 that are named currently. So I just think it's it's very interesting that they specifically chose 52 moons here. Interesting. So then another um, little tangent is, so theoretically, if it was the Traveler's fault and the Traveler can move like of its own accord, it technically could have purposely done that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it could have substituted itself for the fifty-second moon that's not wasn't in alignment and like or made up for the the mass and kind of stuck itself in the proper place. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would have reason to it. The 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 worm gods are inside the fundament trapped, and they're calling civilizations down to the planet. Like they're causing planets to crash into the fundament so that in hopes that someone would be dumb enough to come down into there and let them out like the hive just have. So the traveler is essentially saying, oh crap, there's a lot of people down there. Someone's going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. entirely possible that the traveler was trying to wipe out every race on the on the fundament before someone let them out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, personally, I don't think it was. I think, I think it was just the lie that the worm gods told to get them on the tail of the Traveler. That would kind of make sense, give them a... Well, since the the larvae of the Worm Gods thrive on, like, uh, conquest, yeah. if they give them a direction to go, they won't run out, exactly. right? And it's it's the enemy as well. It's yeah. As it stands right now, the Hive don't actually have any reason to hate the sky, to hate the traveler. It's like, okay, cool. Like, we'll get to them eventually. But to say, like, this is my enemy, and to make my enemy your enemy is a powerful tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, let's, cool. let's continue. Verse 2-9, Crusaders. It's done. Er and Yule feed on the Leviathan's carcass. Zevo Arath has made a temple of the Chroma Admiral's impaled corpse. Below us, Savathun's poisons stain the Ammonite home sea black. Their scream flavor the void. The Traveler has fled. Do you understand, Oryx? Or Oryx? Do you thrill at the secret, Savathun? Do you relish the edge of this truth, Zevo Arath? Do you see the beautiful shape? The Ammonite occupied a piece of reality. They rented their existence on fraudulent terms, making themselves happy and fat, fencing themselves in soft lies with uh, and sweet acro apocrypha. Acro- acropocrypha? Apocrypha. <laughs> apocrypha. 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 <laughs> Saying we are peaceful and good, we harm nothing. <laughs> their golden age was a cancer. They did nothing to advance the cause of life. They burnt up time and matter and thought on the solipsistic on a... God damn. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't get this card. <laughs> I actually practiced all these words before, too, but they still come at, come at me on a surprise. Yeah. Uh, 
Owenistic pursuit of safety, insulting themselves from death, making a regressive pocket of useless stability. When they could have helped whittle the universe towards its, t- its final perfect form. And your people, suffering in the deep, you became more worthy of existence than the Ammonite. You have proven it. Look at the sky. Behold the great divide, the battle lines of the cosmic war. We are the worm, your god, but we are not the deep itself. We move within it. You shall too. He shall venerate and study it, and haunt it in its passage. Will you lift your thoughts to the millennia arcs? Will you bend your will to the liberation of the universe and join us to the war against the sky? We need champions, crusaders. Help us save the universe. Help us exterminate that which would destroy all hope. You are oath-bound to this task by the covenant of the worm. You are oath-bound to kill Teox wherever she's hidden herself. Uh, and this this card has something uh, very important in my opinion. It shows the first time the Traveler has fled. But it doesn't say the Traveler is here helping the Ammonites and then fled because danger came. It says the Ammonites have been completely destroyed. The home sea is poisonous. Like they're all they're all dead. There's nothing left to save. Then the traveler left. I I I don't I haven't seen a card that says danger came. The traveler left. I've seen cards that say hey this is gonna happen, where it's like saying like it's gonna leave, but it never has. Yeah. And this this shows it stayed until there was nothing left in my opinion. Stuck it out. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna fight with you guys, but then you guys lost. I'm not gonna. So I guess I'm gonna leave. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm not gonna die with you. I'm sorry. (laughs) So yeah, I I think it. uh, One of the cards says the traveler. Like Oryx compares the traveler to a coward, but I'm not so certain about that. No, because it seems to me that the traveler is only as strong as the race or beings that it is like helping mm-hmm. and when when those are all wiped out what else can it do really? mm-hmm. it, it's its whole purpose is to go around and build up civilizations and if there's no civilization to build up it's it gonna find another one mm-hmm. time to move on yeah makes you wonder if it's sentient or just programmed to do a certain task but who knows that anyways I yeah, I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> so the next uh, going to go over. The Hive left the Fundament behind and began their war against the universe, but the initial strength given to them wasn't enough. This is verse 3.8, King of Shapes. This is the coronation of Oryx, the Taken King. It happened thus. In the cold abyss of the sword world, King Orosh Uh, walked under a cloak of green fire. He walked through the sky, and the sky shuddered and froze beneath his feet. He walked until he found Akka, the worm of secrets, who was denying a truth until it became a lie. Akka, my god, worm of secrets. I am... uh, How did we pronounce that again? Aurix. Aurix, thank you. Aurix, soul king of the hive. I have come to receive a secret. I want the secret power of the deep, which you hold. I give no secrets, said Akka, whose voice was code. No, said Aurix, you give nothing. Giving is for the sky. You worship the deep, which asks that we take what we need. 
Akka said nothing, because if it denied this truth, the truth might become false. But you gave us your larva, the worm, said Aurix, and that is why the worm devours us now, because it was given, not taken. So I must take what I need from you, although you are my god. Said Akka, you have not the strength. But this was a lie. Aurix has had killed Savathun, his sibling, and Zivuarath his sibling. Uh, and he had the sword logic of killing them. Or Aurix, the first navigator, set upon his god with his sword and his wounds, and cut Akka to pieces, and took from these pieces the secret of calling upon the deep. He wrote his secret on a set of tablets, which he called the Tablets of Ruin, and he wore them about his waist. Then Aurix said, now I may speak to the deep, the perfect, the beautiful final shape. I will be the king of shapes. I will learn all the secrets of our destiny. His speech to the deep is not recorded here, but it is known that he returned, and he said, Now I am Oryx, the taken king, and I have the power to take the life and make it my own. Then he went out into the universe and fought the Ikamin with his tablets, and the worm, his god, was pleased. So, uh... Something I noticed a while back, uh, like at, at launch with this card, is the glaring, uh, <laughs> not glaring mistake, but it just bothers me because I can't help but like it's like a beacon every time I read this card. In the Cold Abyss of the Sword World, world King Aurash. At this point, he's Aurix, and they have it as Aurash. And that's, oh. it's just, it's not saying anything, it's just a typo. And, uh, Seth uh, Dickinson wrote these cards. He's he's actually been uh, being made aware <laughs> of this <laughs> soon. I know. Uh, of yeah, I just had to say that. <laughs> Pig is. If there's one thing Pig does, is that he knows every single person that's ever been involved or posted in the uh, uh, Destiny lore community. I, I, I spread around. I, I I get involved with people. He's a popular he, guy. Man, it's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, it is. I've I've gotten to meet some pretty cool people, so it is. Yeah, uh, pretty, it's pretty cool. awesome. Popular, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Just tosses that in there. <laughs> pretty popular. No, 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 no. Mike said that. So, oh, okay, um, okay just, that's not so bad. You had yeah. to repeat it. <laughs> I'm just accepting, <laughs> I'm just accepting popularity. I'm not claiming. There you it. go. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pete, do you want to take the next one? Sure. Right. You chased after the traveler, finding the civilizations it helped and destroyed them. Verse five three. I'd shut them all in cells. Pre and sacrifice uttered by Zivu Arath, god of war. Harmony. When the traveler passed across Harmony, it lied to the orbits of ten worlds. Now they orbit the black hole. The traveler lied to the accretion disk so that it would give warm light to these worlds. The gift mass. When, traveler, when the traveler left Harmony, it made a monument out of the black hole's polar jet. In the jet, there's a hollow mast which sings in, in radiance. This is the gift mast, and we will devour it. 
We will eat the sky out of it, and we will snap it like a bone. The Harmony Sting. The Harmony have weaponized their dead star. They can stimulate the accretion disk to fire relativistic plasma jets. We will take the Sting. We will use it to burn their worlds. I will grant one temple of tribute to the first ascendant to kill a world. Oryx. I will have the gift, gift mass to feast on. I will have it first. I am Zifu Arath, and all the wall war is my temple. Beware the daughter of or, daughters of Oryx, for they make it and unmake with ease. Savathun. The deceitful sister will be distracted by Arcana and the song of the black hole. Treat her broods with contempt. The traveler. We chase it and we will devour it. The deep will rule the cosmos. The dragons. Our gods will be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I shut them all in cells. Bring them to me. See, that last line is the, the, the key importance in terms of the worm gods. Uh, because it's saying, it's, the question is, are the worm gods the dragons? And if so, like what are they doing with these other people? Or is there more? Is there more to the worm gods that we just haven't learned yet? Some of the people I've talked to about this card infer that the uh, the harmony, the people of harmony, uh, are the dragons. But um, it's entirely possible that's not the case. Mm. It's just given the context, our God should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. Um, it, we described earlier that um, the deep thinks of its own way of life as freedom, but perhaps the dragons, the harmony of themselves, think of their way of life under the traveler is freedom. And that's, there's almost a sort of ironic mirroring of mentalities between how the high view their way of life and how the harmony viewed their way of life before their destruction. Could it also be possible that the dragons are a totally separate race altogether that worship the worm gods? Because in all these, okay. yeah, because yeah. in all these like sentences, they speak of what. They obviously refer to what the the first word is, and they like this first line is, "Our God should be ours alone." Their smug freedom is an insult to me. So maybe, um, they're mad that someone else is calling their gods theirs. Yeah, so, so want, it's the right? dragons are sharing our gods. Yeah, and mm. that's not cool. Like that's not cool with them. Yeah, good point. Because that would, be, yeah, that would that would be. A certain smug freedom because they're basically saying we are free to worship who we want even though those worm gods are your gods we don't care we're going to worship them as well as our gods hmm. a little thought there i like that that's an inter- that's a very interesting thought uh, i've never i've never heard it phrased like that that's that's definitely something to think about uh-huh. uh uh in this card, though, just to abuse my power, yeah. uh, the gift mast. <laughs> when the traveler <laughs> left harmony and made a monument out of the black hole's polar jet, so it, it's insinuating that the traveler had already left. It's already been there, and has already gone before the hive arrived. It's it's done its work and it's proceeded. 
so uh, again saying how uh, there's never I, I haven't seen anything that said traveler saw it coming and just took off but yeah one last little uh, thought that I noticed reading this is that it seems like the people of Harmony survived having their star blown up yeah and um, then dead weaponized star. their dead star sounds uh-huh. like they're pretty pretty cool to be honest <laughs> uh, they can uh, simulate the stimulate the accretion disk to fire relativistic plasma jets uh, an accretion disk is the coming together and cohesion of matter under the influence of gravitation to form larger bodies so it just—it sort of sounds like they're like slingshotting things through. Yeah, like they're throwing a meteor into their black hole of their dead star, and it's coming out. And they've figured out like how to point it properly. Yeah. And relativistic would that mean that? I can look it up. would be faster than light speed. I'm guessing. Uh. Accurately described only by the theory of relativity. So E equals MC squared? I don't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever that being. Oh my god. Relativity. So meteors into Albert Einstein. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be something along the lines of like the, the theory of relativity is that once you, the, basically, the faster you approach light speed, um, time changes the passing of time changes mm-hmm. so basically firing things fast enough to approach those speeds which wouldn't really matter to the projectile itself because who cares if the projectile is a thousand years older by the time it hits you it's still going to hit you um, but that would mean that it would just be going that speed I think mm-hmm. I'm going to assign E represents units of energy, M represents the mass, and C squared is the speed of light squared multiplied by itself. Mm-hmm. Science, it means science. It means science. Awesome. Science, <laughs> science <laughs> weapons. Science <laughs> weapons. The Traveler taught dragons how to do science. That's, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. That's an image. Well, then, uh, how about we continue this? And, uh, Jess, you want to take this next one? All right, I got it. Awesome. There's no intro to this one. I just do. Just go. Go Go at it. Verse 5-4, the gift mask. Masked. Masked. Great start. The gift mask, (laughs) it towers above this star system like a monument to treason. It beams with silver light. It sings a radio lullaby made of soothing lies. In its light, live the harmony, and they are now our prey. Now lives Zivu... I don't think I've said this one yet. Zivu Arath at the head of her armada. Armada. These are easy words. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now I'm just all flustered. She fights the harmony for 50 years with strategies and discipline, but the harmony turned to dragon wishes, and their wishful bishops wrestle Zivu in the ascendant plane. Zivu falls into deadlock. Next arrives Sa- uh, Savathun, flanked by her chorus and her celebrants. They trick their way onto Anaharmony in disguises, so that they might 
uh, vivisect these dragons. The worm our god laughs and laughs. For a hundred years, Sabathin keeps secret uh, secret covens among the Harmony. But first of all was Oryx, whose brood grew in secret places in the rubble of the accretion disk. The first navigator sends rocks and comets to crash into the Harmony worlds so that the Harmony fleet will be disarrayed. He sends cedars to infiltrate the Harmony worlds with his broods. Here at the center of the fifth brook, a book, sorry, the hive uh, ha has grown so mighty, <laughs> mighty, <laughs> that it has made the anni uh, annihilation of all false life routine. Zebu Arath kills the wishful bishops, and Savathin achieves some secret purpose, and Oryx's court tears down the gift mask. The Harmony people wail in terror, and they throw themselves into the silver lakes of Anna Har Harmony to drown. Come, saith Oryx. Eat of the gift mask, for I am a generous god. Of its pieces, I claim I claim uh, only two out of every five. The mast is full of the light of the traveler. It is full of the marrow taste of sky. All who eat eat of it are filled with the uh, ecstatic, ecstatic certainty <laughs> that they serve a great and necessary purpose. Then saith uh, Sabathin, siblings, listen. We must part ways a while, so that we may grow different. She flies her war moons into the black hole. Her throne becomes distant. Saith Zivu Arath, King Oryx, you take up too much space. Your power constrains too many choices. I must go away from you. She flies her war, war moons away into the night. Her throne is bared shut. Then Oryx was alone. He spent a while in thought. And those thoughts are recorded here. This, this card actually has a few things that I'd like to... To point out the first one is uh, here at the center of the fifth book hive, the hive has grown so mighty that it has made the annihilation of all false life routine that's super fucking meta to say it's acknowledging that it's a book it's the fifth book of sorrow it's halfway point of the fifth book of sorrow so it's just like obviously these are books and they're being written but it's sort of saying like how it's acknowledging at its point in the books. I just like that they that uh, Seth wrote that. I, I, I like meta things. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but also, uh, Pete, what you were saying, it seems that there are uh, the Harmony people will wa wail in terror. So there's mm -hmm. definitely people, but also dragons. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's actually the point I wanted to make to this. Um, speaking of exactly that, I had a thought. Um, I feel like there's this possibility that we're reading too too much or too little into them calling them dragons, and maybe they're not actually dragons. Maybe they're referring them as to acting like dragons, and dragons are are hoarders of treasure. Right, and they fiercely protect that, and it seems like these harmony people are very um, technologically advanced and pretty smart. But maybe they really didn't. Um, maybe the, them calling them dragons is more of like an insult to the way they run their civilization, perhaps. Maybe. Well. The line, but the harmony turned to dragon wishes, and their wishful bishops wrestle. Wow, 
Tongue twister. Tongue twister, I think. Wishful Bishops wrestle Zivu in the Ascendant Plane. So it seems like the dragons are an entity as well as the Harmony people. Hmm. Unless uh, Dragon Wishes is more referring to, like, the. Um, they're turning to um, the mentality of dragons, the, the wishes of a dragon, mm. or they could be the dragon from Dragon Ball Z, and they're gathering balls, <laughs> and then you're gonna wish like death on the hive for them. I think I think that's exactly what it is. That has yeah, to be it. probably. They they must have only gotten like five of them. Yeah, they're, they're struggling for sure. And maybe that's what blew up their planet. Maybe it was yeah. a spirit bomb. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going away into left field. Uh, but then there's still one last thing. The first navigator sends rocks and comets to crash into the Harmony worlds, or to actually read the first part as well. Um, but first of all, first of all, Oryx, whose brood grew in secret places in the rubble of the accretion disk, the first navigator sends rocks. So. That is exactly what the accretion disk was used for. They just launch meteors through mm-hmm. it. So that's, I just find that um, that's an interesting like, cool. point of the, of their technology. Yeah. Uh, so I um, one second. Let me where's my little mini thing go? Makes you wonder why that technology wasn't used against Earth. Well, because that was made with a very specific planets mm. and and the planets were changed orbit to create the harmony sting mm. it's not it's not actually technology it's natural situ- situational experiment yeah. almost yeah it was it was altered by the traveler but or was it i don't know it doesn't matter it <laughs> They made it work. They scienced it up. It works. It's cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're actually we're actually we're actually uh, doing really good on time. So we can we can talk more about that after. Uh, nice. Okay. I'll uh, I'll finish this up with this last card, and then we can just have open discussions. Of... What was that? Ghost in the machine. Uh, Back back to the point. In the end, they are destined to fail. The power the worms had given them came at a cost which is impossible to pay. They were doomed. Verse 5 8 Worm food. What will happen if I die? It suits me to consider this, for I am a great ally of death. My daughter studied the quiddity of death. My son practices the inhabitation of death. And my great work is, in Ultima, to become synonymous with death. To die and in that dying live, so that if the universe comes to nothing, then I will be a part of that nothing. Far better to have a savage universe with a happy end than a happy universe with no hope. I have died many times, but these deaths were only temporary. If my echoes are killed and I am killed in the material world, then I will be driven back to my throne, the Dreadnought. And my court and my throne can be if my court and my throne can be beaten. If I am confronted in my throne, if I am defeated there, then I will die. My work will end. 
This is the path to which I am bound, in particular by my study of the tablets, excuse me, of ruin. Uh, oh, sorry, just one second. Okay, uh, tablets of ruin, and by my use of the power of the deep. When I call upon that power, I put myself up as the stakes in the wager. I gamble with my soul, for I am saying, listen, my gods, I am the mightiest thing there is, and I prove it thus. Lately, I have realized how much I depend on Crota and my daughters, and even upon my court. If I lost them, my outlays would exceed, exceed my intakes. My tribute would not be enough to feed my worm. But this is proper, for if I lost them, it would be because they were not mighty enough, and I would be a bad father, a bad, bad king. I must test them and fight with them to keep them strong. This is my Gias. I will go on forever. I will understand everything. There is only one path, and that is the path that you make. But you can make more than one path. Break your cell's bars. Make a new shape. Make the shape from its path. Find your cell's bars. Break out of the bars. Find a shape. Make the shape from its path. Eat the light. Eat the path. If I fail, let me be worm food. Which he is. The worm gods now... Mm -hmm. Have consumed him. He's he has failed. We've killed Crota. We've disposed his court. We've not officially killed his daughters. We sort of hurt them a bit. Uh, <laughs> we we fucked shit up, and no. he's gone now. <laughs> so uh, that will that will end our main our main topic all about the worm gods and now i'd like uh since we're, we're doing so well on time i'd like to just like really open the floor to discussing all the the possibilities uh furthermore in 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 this like uh what are more the theory the more spin foily uh bits to this that you may have yeah one uh one quick little um interjection of what we were talking about this uh weaponizing their dead star just a little sciencey stuff mm -hmm. realize remembering back to it saying relativistic plasma jets um and i had the idea that they were just throwing rocks and stuff in there and then um i realized that doesn't make sense because it was saying it was firing plasma jets mm. so i refresh myself on what plasma is and it's basically the quote-unquote fourth state of matter it's not a solid a liquid or a gas and you basically add energy to a gas so that some of its electrons will leave their its atoms. So basically what they were doing was throwing this, what I think was throwing this plasma into their dead star, like we were talking about, like slingshotting it out. Mm -hmm. But basically firing light speed or faster than light speed laser beams at things. So then... If, I, if I'm following that, they put their rock into the into the accretion uh, disk, uh, Harmony Sting, and threw it going so fast, its energy sort of transformed it from a solid to a plasma. It it could be something like like it could be something like that because you would be basically th putting energy into it when you put any sort of matter into that sort of. Uh, acceleration but um either that or they were maybe taking some leftover gas that they've salvaged from their star or mm -hmm. that they've had stored up and like 
firing that into it, perhaps? I'm not sure. Hmm. That's uh, a crazy technology to have. Yeah. Well, there there is there is one uh, big theory. I thought I I, I thought we weren't going to have time for it. I looked at how many uh, pages of notes we have. Usually, that's a good uh, judge to say like, oh, that's not enough time. But uh, so I don't really have it prepared. There's a huge theory about the worm gods, and it ties very closely to um, this card that we keep referencing, verse five three. I shut them all in cells. That the worm gods are closely related. I don't want to say the same as, but closely related to the Amkara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As uh, they share very similar uh, descriptive qualities, that they're dragons, uh, that they have these powers, that they grant wishes, so to speak. And then the verse 5-3, I took them all themselves, Zebu saying, the dragons, our gods should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult. So it's people say that the Harmony people were actually using the Amkara to get the dragon wishes and their wishful bishops wrestle Zivu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it's that the Amkara were there because the Amkara are known to follow the traveler. It's not just they were on Venus; they came to Venus because of the travelers. So, mm-hmm. uh, so. The big theory that I like uh, in this is that the Ahamkara were the base race, and it was actually from them that the the worm gods came. Uh, it was there is the uh, raid <laughs> raid arms where it actually says. Really, just wish I added this just in case. I feel like an idiot now. Sound <laughs> <laughs> good. I think it's the arms. Of course, I can't find the arms. There it is. Oh, yeah. Um, At the beginning, they stood in thrall of the Formless One, and they offered themselves to its death. The Formless One, in uh, several other instances, is clearly associated, uh, claimed as another name for the darkness, for the deep. So at the beginning, they stood in thrall of the Formless One. At the beginning, the five worm gods, Aka, Yule, uh, Ur, Zol, and Air, stood in front of the deep. They found the deep, and they offered themselves to its death. Uh, so they um, they just sort of allowed it to <laughs> transform them into what they were. And it was because of that that the Amkara sort of changed sides on it like that, that the Traveler punished them, that the Traveler sent the Leviathan, the agents of the sky, to guard them in the fundament and not let them leave. Uh, that's that's a theory that I really like. I think it, it really makes sense, uh, especially because of uh, what we see in these cards. It's not just that, but there's also uh, their way of speed. How they say, oh, general, mine, uh, in verse 2-2, two, two, out of the deep. Reality is a, finest, is a fine flesh, oh, general, ours, let us feast upon it. Which is also a very close tie to the skull of Dairamkar, which says uh, almost the same line. Reality is the finest flesh, oh, bearer mine, are you not hungry? So it's 
there there seems to be a very strong connection between these. And like I said on last week's episode, uh, both the books of sorrow and the Ahamkara lore were written by Seth Dickinson. I just there's there's too many in game and out of game associations for me to feel like no, they're they're completely different things. They, they have nothing together. Yeah. Um. I keep coming back to this this last line in five three, and I keep thinking of different meanings of this line. But mm-hmm. now I'm thinking with you mentioning that maybe, like you said, they were the same, but then some of them gave themselves to the deep, and the deep from like how the Mormon gods speak of it, its entirety almost seems to feel more of an intention than anything mm-hmm. an, an intention to to do a certain thing especially for conquest and whatnot and um in giving in with the worm gods giving themselves to the deep it's as if they um accepted the deep as their own god mm-hmm. and then now with this with this line the dragons our gods will be ours alone their smug freedom is an insult to me. The smug freedom part was I was thinking, well maybe the um the smug freedom of, of the Ahamkara to the worm gods seems mm-hmm. insulting because they don't have a god of themselves. They are their own gods, that's it. They don't defer to anything else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. It's a, it's a really well written card because it can it can be taken so many different uh, different ways, mm-hmm. and actually uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, just just to talk about how uh, the dark because it's one of my favorite uh, lines in Destiny or uh, flavor texts in Destiny. Uh, talking talking about how the darkness is actually like what it actually is, just so we're not going like uh, I think it's this, I think it's that. Uh, it's from the Simulation Core, which was a part of the No Time to Explain. Is that the mm-hmm. exact? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's part of that quest. Saw darkness, but not, not in the abstract, not like the speaker talks about. Real, flesh and blood, darkness standing before me. It wore a fallen captain like he was a suit of clothes. It laughed at me, reached out a hand, and then I was gone, off to somewhere else. File four eight seven four three from Pray This Ghost. So <laughs> huh. it wore a fallen captain like he was a suit of clothes. I love that line because that's like the most horrifying thing ever. It's essentially saying the darkness plays by its own rules. It will just come in, corrupt anything it touches, take it. It's it's gone. It's not like Oryx reaches out. It's not like how Oryx takes where he's. Actually, it's exactly like how Oryx takes. Oryx is converting that being into a darkness version of itself. Yeah. And this is the same thing, except it's the darkness is just inhabiting its body. So when you kill the body, it, the darkness just goes somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, that was actually seen in game already in the vanilla storyline of uh, the Black Garden, the soul progeny, the Black Heart inhabited the three bodies of the soul progeny that were constructed for it it's, it's explicitly oh, for yeah. black heart 
So I feel like that's how the the main enemy is going to be, only so much more menacing. Not just this, like, I, I'm in this body, now I'm in this body, now I'm in this body, okay, you won. But, like, think of that, think of that as a mechanic in a raid, where it has separate entities that it can inhabit that will have each of their own ability. Like, imagine fighting a raid where one-third of the time it's Oryx, then another third of the time it's Axis, and then the other third of the time it's Atheon. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or if you couldn't even time it, if it was, yeah. like, triggered on certain events that you weren't really sure of and you had to figure out, and, like, your first encounter, you literally, like... 30 seconds, it's one form, and then something happens. All of a sudden, it's something else for, like, five minutes, and then it's something else randomly. Yeah, the, 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 the day one blind raids, it's going to be... that If that's the type of uh, direction it goes down, that's going to be amazing, and I can't wait. Like, that, it's so hard to... Because lo- I've finally gone into a raid blind with uh, Rise of Iron, and... Yeah, yeah us too. Us too. How how it's great! Amazing! It, it was, was the, a, it was the most I fun mean, I've had in Destiny yeah. in Destiny PV, PVE in a really 100%. long time. I mean, That's we went into Crota blind, semi blind, but it it wasn't the same. And like taking King, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I really need to give them credit to their design of Wrath of the Machine because right. they definitely did it a lot more. You can be a lot more versatile. You're not stuck to needing a certain class or needing a certain ability to be more successful and a lot of the things can be you can recover from them mm-hmm. which I found was the biggest problem with the Taken King was a yeah. one person made a mistake the whole encounter's done you can't recover from it it's just over that's it restart whereas uh, Wrath of the Machine was, was awesome was my second fun. favorite raid for sure Second favorite? Baltic Glass. Baltic Glass. Baltic Glass. Baltic Glass. Baltic Glass. <laughs> <laughs> my, I my still first... don't have uh, Praetorian Foil, and I've ran Baltic Glass <laughs> like. 60, 70, 100? I've, I've ran Glass 100 and something times, but Hard Mode is probably hard close mode, yeah, to like probably 40 like or 50. 50. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I started raiding in Crotazan. That was my first raid. It was LFG. Oh, okay people who knew what they were doing so it was sort of blind but it was sort of like they're just gonna walk me through it yeah this fall same thing it was like people had been watching it people had known the gist of what to do it was just a matter of getting it done and it wasn't really fun but wrath of the machine there's no no one watched anything i was extremely impressed um I was, I was impressed that we, we I was impressed it. that we finished it in one try. I, it took hours. It took it a decent amount hours. of hours, but it wasn't an obscene amount of hours. Yeah. And as we went through it, like, it was like, oh, try this. Oh, try that. Oh, yeah, try that. And, like, let's try that. And let's try something else. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was extremely proud of, of our team and, and what we did and of I myself, like, like, coming up with some yeah. things. That, I don't know. I found that the way they constructed it was really good in the, in the fact that it was a learning experience the whole way through. And it, everything kind of was very intuitive. Like it all felt kind of step by step intuitive. Like you go in the first part, and there's obviously these like things you pick up, and it gives you something. And yeah. then there's these three things that you obviously dunk on because when you run by, it holds holds X. And then from there, you can easily figure out the rest. But then you're throwing these bombs, and then the next part 
these bombs drop and you know what to do with them. You know what to do about that part. It so you can focus well. on like yeah. something else. It teaches there. you what to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I can understand why. I'm guessing Wrath of the Machine is your favorite raid then? Oh, absolutely. Not- yeah. Yeah, it's it's fallen. It was my first blind raid. It's it's yep. easily the most fun raid. Like sure. and Vault of Glass never meant anything to me. Yeah. And I can understand that because you didn't play like Vault of Glass as the first raid. But I think like most of it's nostalgia at this point. Whenever we yeah. play Vault of Glass, you just think about all the times we spent in it. Yeah, like I, I did I did Crota a couple times, and then some friends asked me to do Vault of Glass, and I was like, oh, well, I've never done Vault of Glass before. I, uh, you're going to have to sort of walk me through it. And <laughs> I've my first Vault of Glass run, I got um, Atheon's Epilogue and Vex Mythoclass, and then on my second Vault of Glass run, I got Fatebringer and Vision of Confluence, and then I oh, just didn't see a point to do Vault of Glass anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it was the, another cool thing about that raid was how many times they had to change it and fix it yeah. <laughs> because it was so oh, broken. They? they, well, at the, okay, so let's go encounter by encounter. The the first part, whatever, nothing was, was changed. Um, Oracles and Confluxes, nothing was changed. But mm-hmm. Templar, you used to be able to use solar nades and throwing <laughs> a solar nade on the Templar would make him move back. So um, you would just keep throwing solar nades and he would move back, move back, move back. All of a sudden he'd fall off the edge and die. And then yeah. you get your loot. No problem. <laughs> the so they patched that. No problem. They patched it. Cool. But then now people found out you could go on those side blocks floating in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> none of the ads could hurt you. And you would just snipe Templar and have the relic guy <laughs> sit there and hold the shield up and smash your shields. And they're like, oh, well, that's no good. Uh, let's patch that. So they put um, kill timers on it. Yeah. And then people figured out that you could, this is still possible, by the way, just not as many people do it because it's boring. But you can get someone with self res to jump off of where you spawn <laughs> in, which is like the high platform where nothing can touch you, and get close to the middle part. And it will start the encounter. He'll res up back with everyone else. And you can just snipe the Templar from up there with one guy with the relic down at the bottom. That's what we used to do. Yeah. And then with gatekeepers, they didn't change. Um, Gorgons, they eventually, no, they didn't change anything of that. Um, Atheon, <laughs> you used to be able to <laughs> change the, me- basically abuse the mechanics so that only you could be- pick who got teleported into the portals by having them be the three at the furthest away from Atheon. You would always teleport the three furthest away. <laughs> yeah. So you would be like, all right, mm-hmm. us, we're the three portal guys. We'll just sit at the back for the whole time and get teleported. So then they made it random. But then also people figured out how to push Atheon off the edge with solar nades. And they patched that. It was but amazing. Then still kind of do it at a certain spot in the map and I don't even know if they patched that. It, it was just too hard to do. It was, um, I think it was an, a big eye-opener for Bungie because that was kind of the first big thing that they released to the community and yep. like, I mean, people were already cheesing stuff in strikes and, and nightfalls and, nightfalls and getting outside of the, of the, the maps and sniping Which, bosses from places they can do damage and stuff. Sniping bosses but, through walls with armor piercing around. But I think I think Bungie learned a lot from Vault of Glass. 
And then uh, I, I think they were a little more careful. Oh, yeah. Zen. was also yeah. cheesy. <laughs> well, I mean, Zen, you just pulled the Ethernet cable out, right? But, um, I, I remember I think... a team, I remember an LFG team, and uh, they insisted that we did that. And we were like, this is dumb. And, and they couldn't get it working right. It and they spent like 40 minutes doing this. So I'm like, can to we pull just, the thing out, just kill them? Then it would have to kill them properly. We must have been there for like an hour. With somebody time, to, it was so stupid. I would always do the bridge cheese, but that was mostly just because I liked climbing out of the map. Like, I thought yeah. that was yeah. fun. That was so cool. That was, <laughs> being able to and have that, that vantage point. That, was, took, sorry. that took skill, too, looked, to get up there. And, yeah. and it looked cool from up there. You go yeah, up there and see, like, Crota's castle. And it was cool. It was a cool view. Well, that and the, the a, sword feeding across. Yeah, yeah I would also do that. Yeah, with uh, Bones of Ao, it made it yeah. a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. But uh, I think it was... Um, I think it was Daddy Fat Snaps. He had he has a rap about uh, before Rise of Iron came out about the raid bosses and like Atheon's uh, singing about how he got pushed off the edge because yeah. it's like uh, before Axis was Axis. He's asking the old raid bosses how do uh, how did they beat you? How do I prepare for them? <laughs> and it's like oh they pushed me off the edge and then Crota's like I don't know what happened. I I couldn't move. They just <laughs> everything just froze and then it gets to Oryx and Oryx is just like. They just kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oryx was I a love Daddy Fast was a, Oryx yeah. was a strange, a strange boss. I still don't quite have a handle on that fight. Yeah, like that. It really shows the. We got really off topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really shows the evolution of their raids, where oh, it was yeah. like just unpredictable <laughs> cheeses to very secure. Like you can yeah. say that there's Oryx cheeses but they're really just oric strategies like yeah. there's, yeah. No, there's no cheese it's just this way or that way and yeah. and now with axis there's like not even other really other strategies it's just like this is the way there's other ways that they're stupid but this is the way uh-huh there's like there's a few like different very very difficult strategies to like to solo it and to speed oh, yeah. run it and whatnot but th that's always going to be there and they're really cool but like you said, like the the strategies there, it's it's execution and doing it properly. I think the Axis fight is fun though. It is fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, it's not really something fun. that I want to try to cheese no. anyways. Definitely. That's why you're there is to play. And... Yeah. The difference is what weapon are you gonna use? Are you gonna use the dark drinker strategy or are you gonna gonna shoot him with sniper? Like obviously yeah. Dark Drinker puts out more potential damage, but Yeah. It's like, just it's it's preference, right? It's so much yeah. of that. That's what I love about it. So much yeah. of that raid is preference. How do you want to play it? Exactly. You can beat it any way you want. You just get to pick which way you do it, right? So much. I ran, yeah, I've yeah. ran the whole thing with um, a shotgun, and I've ran the whole thing with a sniper, yeah. and been successful both ways. I run with a fusion I, rifle. Yeah, amazing. I haven't felt like I needed to put a certain loadout on. Yeah, you can switch it for up. an encounter, which was nice. Yeah. See, with with my team, I was not allowed that luxury. Like, I'm sure if my other if my other teammates were thinking like, okay, well, half the team is running shotgun, I should really run. I should really be the sniper because we will need a sniper. But now <laughs> yeah. my, my entire team's like, eh, I like fusion rifles. And like, <laughs> okay, guys, like that's cool, but 
maybe I like fusion rifles. Maybe I, <laughs> I want to use a fusion rifle. Yeah. So now I have to be the sniper. Like I, I'm ha- I have to be the healer because everybody else is doing their own damn thing, and I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I like about this, like the biggest thing other than that that I like about Wrath of the Machine is how they constructed the raid with a balance between mechanics and like overall performance Mm -hmm. like for example taking king um oryx it's just so mechanic heavy where if like i was saying before if one thing goes wrong like the encounter's done everything has to be done correctly to those certain mechanics Mm -hmm. whereas axis you can slip up with a mechanic here and there but you can make it up with performance yeah. Or you can get all the if you get all the mechanics 100% right, the your performance within those mechanics can be a little bit lower. Like it's cool. We were extremely underleveled when we went in. Yeah. Oh yeah, we forgot to tell them how we beat it. Oh yeah. <laughs> we oh, we have Lord. a clip of this. <laughs> we do have a clip. So we literally got down to that last 1% stage or 5% whatever you want to say and he's up mm-hmm. at the top. And we're all going crazy because this is like, this was our last attempt. We had said this before, like, this is it. It's like way too late. We're getting tired. We're not going to be able to do another one after this. Let's do it. And we're going nuts. I could tell I was freaking out because I was missing all my sniper shots. I think I hit like one out of the whole magazine. (laughs) And he died as the timer went to one or zero. So we spawned. We, Again. we, we quote-unquote finished the encounter. We got the drop that comes off of it and the emblem. But we didn't get the chest. Oh. And it, it spawned and Axis was still alive. We could but kill him again. But we got the Grimoire. We got, like, we <laughs> completed it, but we didn't complete it. That's so <laughs> sweet. Huh. It, was, it, was, it was awesome. It was that's, that's a good way to, uh, to finish the first Yeah. Time. That's a a memorable way. See, I I unfortunately didn't have the luxury of going in blind, and you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but I've only ever done that raid once because of schedule constraints (laughs) and everything else. But um, that first run, uh, I I think I was responsible for killing one of the servitors, and then I, I, I didn't realize that I needed to call out what type of element that the uh, what type of light that the uh, servitor was and uh, I almost kind of fell asleep in the back and then I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing through my mic where's the other servitor where I think it was the void servitor and these my uh, fire team is just shouting at me trying to figure out exactly where the void servitor was and he's, and eventually someone hops over with the um, the void uh, cannon and he's just like Mike and uh, we all wiped. So that was that's the most memorable. <laughs> uh, the most memorable part of that raid. But that, I, I have liked that playthrough, and I, I wish I had the time to go through it again, and the fire team to do it with. Um, most of my clan has stopped playing the game, so I need to find someone else to play Destiny with now. Are you on Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation, unfortunately. Well, we haven't ever done a raid on our PlayStation characters, so. Can we do one? We haven't done a single We think we did one. one. No, we have not touched a on PlayStation. <laughs> Maybe I'll drag you through it yeah, sometime. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. 
I wouldn't mind doing that actually because, like I said, we haven't done it. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, our light could use a little boost. So, yeah, that's true. And maybe I'll get my fitting aspects finally. <laughs> on PlayStation. Yeah, on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, I'll take it on one console. Whatever. I, think I bought all those exotic engrams. And everyone says that when I'm like, oh, I don't have Fidians. They're like, oh, well, Zer sold engrams. And I'm like, yeah, I, I bought. I used up all my strange coins. And I didn't get a single pair. Wait, wait, wait. It's RNG for you. <laughs> yep. That's how it always goes. Yeah. I'll, uh... <laughs> <laughs> After yeah, that tangent... Any, like that was a huge tangent. I don't even know how we got there. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything I really don't in the either. realm of worm gods that we want to say? I think I've had my <laughs> share of talking about worms for the evening. <laughs> uh, one one final thing I'd like to say uh, about it is just in this realm of worm gods and raids, just to bring it back around. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think? Because obviously the worm gods—they've got to be in the game. You know, they're not just going to be a lore, a lore enemy. They have to be something we fight. What do you think they're going to be as a raid, like as the final boss of a raid? And keep in mind, I'm trying to find it. Uh, it's just—they're—they're—they're they're, they're called huge. Oh, here it is. Behold my passage, behold my vast displacement, my ponderous strength, my great and coiling length, my folded jaws and curled wings. Behold the hiving cities symbiotic with my flesh. Like, that's huge. They sound enormous and horrifying. Like, I'm thinking like like a Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, that's exactly what I was, exa- was mm-hmm. going to say. I that's was going to say, I like, we, I think like, we're going to be fighting, like, on them not so much fighting them because i think if they stepped on us we yeah. just have to respawn and then we'd respawn under their other leg and then it'd just be constant but that's what i think that's what i think would be like really cool to actually be fighting on them and then you're fighting their their um symbiotic uh hiving cities like yeah. whatever whatever like parasites are like essentially what you'd be fighting is the the warm larva that you see on the dreadnought, imagine that like five times the size. And like that's yeah. another enemy race that we'd be fighting. Like the I would, the worm race. I would like to see. I just thought of this now. I would like, because all the rays have had the same, very similar structure, right? Encounter, <laughs> loot, encounter, loot. Puzzle, encounter, loot. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a raid with the number of counters brought down to like let's say two so that you at least have a break so that you could like you know go to the bathroom or something but have it very frantic and continuous so like i'm thinking you're on this worm god thing you're fighting in one spot it moves its leg and flings you to another spot that you need to fight and do that encounter as you like fall down the side of its i don't even know if they have legs could be their tail or whatever and then like segue into another encounter before you finally like get a have a boss like encounter and then have a break Mm. something like that i think would like incorporate the jumping puzzle into uh a fighting encounter i think would be really cool 
Well, see what you're what you're sort of describing there is a little bit of the Vault of Glass, where the Templar had several stages, and a little bit of Oryx, mm-hmm. where there was a jump puzzle, sort of, kinda, based on how yeah. people, like would cry about having to to <laughs> jump. Like, I'm sorry, like what the yep. hell is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> yep. So, uh, I agree. A little bit of both. Personally, I want them to go the other way uh, with it. I want more. Encounter, even if it's, even if it's sort of like that, where it's like you fight the like sort of like how Axis is. You have your Axis phase one, and then immediately following Axis phase two. Even if mm-hmm. it's just that, I want yeah. more encounters. If it's the same guy doing different stages of defeat, like that's fine. But I just want more encounters, and I would like more bosses. Like I'd yeah. like I ideally I'd like to see like a five boss raid. With yeah, versus two like or three, three. Yeah, that's kind of kind of like how I was thinking. Not so much like only two encounters, but those mm-hmm. two sections, I guess, would be a better word to describe it. With like three encounters in each section, but no break in between them. Have them continuous, yeah. like you said, with with Axis and with Templar. Yeah, that that that'd be a really interesting route. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. I, I have a lot of faith in uh, the evolution of Destiny. They've they've done nothing really like obviously like a lot of people will say, well they don't do this anymore, and I like this. Yeah, well okay, that's you. Like they've, yeah. they've objectively they've done nothing but improve the game. Exactly. Agreed. It's this kind of game has to change. You can't. Yeah. You can't just let it be the same thing over and over again. It's gonna it's gotta evolve, and it will, and it has. And it's, it's it's grown. It's been it's growing a lot. It's doing good. A lot. <laughs> so, I think I think that'll uh, end us like half hour long tangent about our raid experiences. In the middle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> usually, usually uh, when we go off the rails like that, it's at the end and I don't like the very end end, and I don't feel too bad about it. But like, <laughs> that's just happened. Yeah, it's, uh, always, it's always nice to get off topic. Yeah, so then, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lorecast. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us your thoughts and theories. If you'd like to help us grow, go leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Jess and Pete, where where can we find you? Like, actually, where can we find you? Um, You'll find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at BabeTronTV. I'm at PeteTronTV. And uh, you can find us streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash babetrontv. Um, I'm streaming from the one channel, but I do have a Ptron TV account. You really don't need to follow it. Because, <laughs> yeah, we can't change the name. But you really don't have to follow Ptron TV because I don't even have a profile picture or anything. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's just my chat account. You'll find both of us at, uh, at babetron TV. And yeah. uh, we're pretty much always streaming together doing... Doing crucible stuff. Um, we try to stream six days a week. It's one night off for like making food and doing errands and whatnot. But uh, definitely, barring like prior obligations, you'll find us streaming a lot on the weekends because mm-hmm. of trials, Friday to Monday. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, since Purple's not here, you can find her at Purple Chimera. You can find her summaries on ishtarcollective.net. Mike, where can we find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at MythosMike. You can also read some of my older works on uh, PlantDestiny.com, some of the lore articles that I've done on there, which I've actually done a uh, where I'm in the process of writing a worm article, so hopefully that'll go up sometime this month. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Twitch, never streaming at uh, twitch.tv <laughs> forward slash Mike S from PD. Wish I could change that username. And um, also just to final shout out um to our other host who uh is not here uh handsome dragon uh even though he hasn't been on the show in a while make sure to go follow him at handsome dragon the o's are zeros um and then you will be able to find him in our discord and around um on twitter every once in a while we don't use our discord very often I just don't want people to go in there and think it, it's actually used. It was an idea that we had. It didn't really pan out. We accept it. I, I, I hate Discord. It, it's, it was designed for the 90s and never updated. And I don't, I don't like it. But, yeah. Uh, oh, right. crap. Um, I'm Anonpig. You can find me on my Twitter at Anonpig. Uh, that's all I do. <laughs> you could find him uh, talking to the many celebrities of the lore community over there on Twitter. And if you ever have a question, he'll give you an extremely long-winded answer with sarcasm thrown in. So be sure to tweet out. Well, not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, Guardians. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.